Hello and welcome to the Scouting Report. We have our very first guest on today. Very excited to get to that. But first, let me remind you to like, subscribe, and share this podcast. We released cornerback Cam Hart out of Notre Dame yesterday, and we'll have another player audio scouting report out tomorrow. Always love to hear what you think about these players. You can shoot me a message at rsafootball.com or find me on Twitter at rightstepadv. But no more about that. Let's uh, let's get Russ in here. Let's jump in. Russ Bollinger, welcome to the podcast. Oh, thanks, Roderick. Uh, really appreciate it. I'm happy to help out. Always good catching up with you. And, uh, you know, we worked together. How many what years? Was it about five in Atlanta? Uh, probably five, yeah. I was there seven, and I think you came in year three for me. Um, and it was uh, nothing but uh, good stuff. Perfect. Enjoyed Go working ahead, with you. We were, we were just a couple yards, a couple points short of a Super Bowl ring, but uh, it's always the stuff you can look back on and, uh, you know, so close, right? Yeah, I tell you, I'd rather be so close and not be there at all. We, we got to experience the whole week, and that was wonderful. Yes, yeah, it was, uh, it was a good time, but uh, enough about that. Let's jump into your background. So you were a player. Uh, obviously, you played in the NFL for a number of years. You've been held a number of positions, a few different teams. Talk to me about your background. Yeah, I'm uh, originally from California. Uh, I grew up on the central coast of California. Um, and I wasn't really a stellar high school football player coming out. Uh, I got a partial scholarship out of high school, Lompoc High School, which is right there in the central coast, uh, Santa Barbara County area. Um, and we were known more for baseball. Uh, a lot of pro baseball players came out of that little town. And uh, I kind of got overlooked uh, football-wise because I was, uh, I was a tight end. I was 6'4", 190 pounds, uh, slow and weak. <laughs> Doesn't sound much like a football player. No, that's not. You're right. And so I got a partial scholarship to uh, University of California, Riverside at the time they had football. And um, I went up there and played two years. And the coach, uh, the coach is there. We had a lot of success. They got the Long Beach State job, and I walked on there my junior year as a tight end. And I uh, played tight end my first three years of college. My senior year, they moved me to tackle. Uh, and then I got drafted in um, 1976 by the Detroit Lions in the third round as a guard. Um, and I went to training camp in 76. Uh, you know, and I was, I'm kind of a small town guy from the central coast, you know, we're from the Valley. We're all farmers and blue collar kids. I wasn't really an LA kid or a San Francisco type kid. So it, you know, Detroit was a big city to me. Uh, I had a lot of fun. I was single and, um, I got to play right away. Uh, I was a guard and, you know, Detroit, uh, we weren't very good. We played like 500 ball my first two years. And then Monty Clark came along. He took over my – I played ended up playing seven years offensive line. I played both guards, uh, played some tackle uh, for the Lions for seven years. And I got – in my eighth year, I got traded to the L.A. Rams, which was my off-season home because uh, we – at that time, you know, everybody didn't live uh, in the city they played in. We'd go six months Detroit, six months L.A., back to Orange County, California is where I uh, would train. And we all had uh, off-season jobs. majority of us did. And uh, so I did a few different things. Uh, I taught and I was in a couple movies, stuff like that. Uh, taught some schools, some substitute, 
uh, teaching. Uh, and then uh, I got traded to the Rams, which was w- just wonderful. Uh, you know, it was like when I was a kid, they were my team. And I got on the Rams right uh, in, in uh, it would have been season 83. And we drafted Eric Dickerson and John Robinson had just got the job there. And I ended up being a backup uh, for those three years. We had quite a few Pro Bowl players on the offensive line. The Hall of Famer Jackie Slater was on the team. Uh, All pro Doug, uh, Doug Smith and uh, Dennis Hera at guard. Uh, Bill Bain, Irv Panky, a bunch of guys that were really good players, and I didn't mind backing them up. I was pretty beat up after my seven years with the Lions. Um, you know, this was football when we we actually go to training camp and yeah. have two days and hit both. You know, and so I was pretty beat up, had several surgeries, and um, I got to play quite a bit. Uh, really liked that organization. Um, had a little better experience with that organization than the Lions at the time. Uh, the seven years I was there, we really struggled. Um, and, uh, and, you know, I ended up going to the playoffs with the Rams and then I retired after my 10th season. I did play that last year. I played actually, uh, my 10th year, the Rams didn't sign me till late. So I said, well, I'm going to go play in the USFL. And I played 12 weeks with the Memphis showboats, which I just loved. It was the most fun I ever had playing professional football. Pepper Rogers was our coach and he was quite the treat. Yep. He's down in Memphis, you know, and they, you know, that, football there is god's country and yes it is they treat you good and um you know it was uh, a lot of fun unfortunately that league didn't didn't pan out and then i went back and played for uh rams again and we went uh, all the way to the nfc championship lost to the bears and uh and then i hung them up um yeah. and, and so for the next five years you know i was bouncing around doing different things i was in sales i was teaching and, uh, you know, it was, uh, it, it's an, it's an adjustment. And, uh, my wife teased me, you know, she said, you're not having fun, are you? I said, no, I, I couldn't get, uh, you know, I just didn't have what it took to, um, you know, I, I was just addicted to football people, period. So I wanted to get back into the game of football. And, uh, after being out for five years, and I, uh, I got on as a graduate assistant at the University of Utah, a former coach of mine, Ron McBride, had me up there. I was a GA one year and then became the recruiting coordinator for two. And so that would have been 91, 92, and 93. And then in 94, Tom Coughlin was putting together a brand new scouting staff with the Jacksonville Jaguars. Uh, and we were, you know, that would have been the first season when the Jaguars and, uh, Carolina joined the NFL and uh, he wanted to hire all college uh, uh, college recruiting coordinators. He didn't want anybody that had any pro experience. So he did that. I was on there. I was there for two years, you know, and got, we had our first draft in 95. I was there draft 95, 96 as a scout. I was an area scout. um, And I did the Southwest and lived in Oklahoma city and absolutely loved it. Uh, love the Southwest. It's all about football. And I had family in the area. My wife and I, we had three young kids and we were able to, uh, you know, we had family in the area. So I was gone quite a bit, but uh, the kids were fine. And I had aunts and uncles everywhere in the Oklahoma City uh, area. So it worked out just fine. Um, And, you know, I started my scouting career. It was, uh, 
uh, a lot of fun. And then uh, Tom Coughlin uh, was a pretty difficult guy to, to work for. And, uh, you know, him and I didn't, uh, didn't seem to be meshing. So I got a shot to be with the Detroit Lions. And the next nine years, I scouted for the Lions. Um, so I'd been, a, I was, a, I've been a scout for 25 years and the next nine years after those first two was with the lions and then, uh, bounced around five years with the Redskins, two years, St. Louis, uh, uh, St. Louis Rams, and then, uh, two years out for a while and then seven years with, the with the Falcons. So I've had, you know, 35 years in the NFL uh, you know, like I said, I set out five years and tried different businesses. I was in the movie business those five years, sales business, uh, had a radio show for a while, um, just never really uh, found a niche and, uh, you know, wanted to make a living as a coach and got uh, sidetracked into the scouting thing and uh, yeah. or the uh, recruiting coordinator. And that's how I really wanted to be a scout, changed my mind and went, instead of being a coach. I yeah. love the recruit, I love the college recruiting process. So, and it was early '90s when you were it got into scouting. Yep, and ninety-one. People- yep, ninety ninety-one and two and three. I was at the college level. Ninety-four, like I said, we were a brand new scouting staff. So I was on the original scouting staff for Jacksonville Jaguars. Now you think about scouting today, everybody is an armchair scout. We have 38 different scout draft experts on, you know, all the different programs. But in, in the early 90s, people weren't knocking down the door to become scouts, were they? It was kind of a new up-and-coming thing. Yeah, it was uh, – coach, coaching was a lot better profession uh, it, to stick in coaching. Uh, uh, scouts didn't make quite as much. Now, what I liked about it is I had young kids, and at that time – we had three months off. We were like school teachers. We had three months off in the summer, uh, two months or two weeks off, you know, during the holidays. And we were on the road in the fall. So uh, it was a nine month gig for me. Um, and uh, I really enjoyed my time off in the summer with my young kids. Um, so, it, you know, it was a little less money at that time. I didn't, uh, the, the travel wasn't uh, as hectic, you know, um, uh, this was, uh, you know, you know, it wasn't all the security stuff going on. Yeah. Um, and uh, and I love the Southwest. You know, it's it, those are all football people. Uh, yeah, absolutely. And, you can uh, find you some know, good and football I, players in Texas. Yeah. Yep. Sure are. Good. Good. Pe- good. Just good people. Good all around people. Good coach. You know, the coaching is good. High school football is really big in Texas, so the yeah. colleges are all, you know, really well organized. Um, and I was adaptable. You know, I, I, uh, I've kind of lived all throughout the country, uh, and you know, every section of the United States, you know, football is treated differently, and I enjoy that. You know, I enjoy the people in the business. So, you know, I was. Uh, you know, I had a lot of different jobs at the college level. I was a pro, uh, pro scout for a while too. Uh, I tr- I did that for a year, and I didn't like it as much. I really enjoy the 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 college game, the college, you know, visiting the different colleges and all the different relationships. So I'm a people person, as you know, and there's nothing more fun than to go into a college like on a Monday or Tuesday morning. You know, you get there at eight o'clock and you stay till five o'clock and, you know, all the different relationships and yeah. uh, the information you get. 
Absolutely. and hanging out with the other scouts, you know? Yes. I couldn't imagine you, Big Rusty, sitting in a pro scout's office with no windows, burning film for, you know, 10, 11, 11 hours a day without a bunch of college scouts around. That 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 quite doesn't quite fit your personality. No, that did not fit me, <laughs> and it drove my boss crazy because he knew I wasn't that, uh, you know, we tried to make it work. I worked for a guy named Ron Hughes. And he goes, you're going nuts, aren't you? And I go, yeah, I got to have people, boss. <laughs> yeah. You know, good. and uh, and I was away from my family at that time. I was up here in Detroit. Uh, I was going to give it a shot and see if I liked it. So I didn't move the family up right away. And then I went back into college with the, with the Lions and went back to, to Oklahoma for three years and then moved back up here to Detroit when I got a director's job. Um, so I moved to Detroit 2001. Uh, and been here since up here in the outside city of Detroit. Um, really enjoy the Midwest. Uh, I love Rust Belt football. You know, th- th- this is football people here. Um, yes, you can't walk. Like, you can't walk outside your door without you know somebody making a comment and um, you know have an opinion. And uh, and it's usually pretty good. Yeah. You know the high the high schools here, the high school football coaching here in Ohio, Michigan area is probably some of the best Absolutely. and small colleges are the best. So you're around football people and they, they know what they're talking about. Yep. It's always, you can smell it in the air when, uh, when the weather starts to change, it's football season yep. up there. You that got, you got sure. that right. Yeah. And I, and, you know, and I enjoy my relationships with all the colleges around here. You know, I'm, I'm friends with Jim Harbaugh and I'm getting to know uh, the coach there at Michigan state. I think he's a terrific guy and it looks like he's got a good program going. Absolutely. So I'm, I'm retired now. I'm hanging around, you know, we'll see. I'll, I'll, I'll go bump into some people. I'm not, you know, I'm not looking to work again um, just yet. So we'll see. But can't keep you, can't keep you locked down in the house. Still got to be out doing something. No, I'm probably driving my wife crazy. (laughs) Um, Yeah. That's good. That's uh, so over 35 years in football spread out, you know, with a couple, couple in there. So that's uh you've seen football change both on the field from the way colleges are run, the way NFL organizations are set up. You've, you've seen the changes. Absolutely. Um, you know, it's, let's see, as if I were to, you know, it's, it's a much bigger business. Now there's more of a concentration on the business. The players are making a lot of money in the NFL. You know, now the college kids are going to have access to the money. Um, the innocence of the game, the sport itself, you know, at the high school level, I love, but now you're getting into the college where, you know, it's a little different game. You know, the motivation's a little different. I still love the team concept. I love being around good leaders. Um, I love being around guys that like the game period, uh, you know, and, and that's the only reason they're involved. Uh you know, and, and I understand the business, you know, it's, it's a tough business, uh, you know, and, you know, you get, you know, I bounced around a lot, which is good and bad, you know, uh, but uh, I would have to say I had an old, uh, old coach who's uh, very dear to me, Ron McBride and his wife told me, Russ, I'm just going to tell you in this profession, after five years, trust me, you'll be sick of them and they will definitely be sick of you. And it's time to leave. (laughs) (laughs) She goes, you'll wear them out kid. And you know, I, I, uh, I really enjoyed my my seven years with the lions or seven years with the Falcons, nine years with the, with, uh, 
with the lions and we went through a lot of changes, you know, that's another yeah. thing, you know, you, you bounce around a lot with a lot of different managements, you know, it's a fickle business. You don't win, you know, they blow it up. So you got a lot of good friends that are on other clubs. Um, you know, there's nothing better though than being a road scout. Yeah. You always have that camaraderie as a road scout. That is. Yeah. Sure. You never know what you're going to run into. You yep. know, you never, you never know what, uh, what uh, fire you're going to run into, you know, early morning on a Monday and the team that you're scouting didn't, you know, didn't have a good Saturday and the coaches raising hell and hard to get information. And, um, you know, it's, you know, and you, you got to know how to handle that. You yep. got to know when to, when to bother people and when not to bother people. It's, I love the part of scouting where you're reading people all yes. the time. You know, that's all you do is try to read people, uh, the information as you know, you get it. And my, you know, and I, it gets to be a muscle in your brain or whatever you want to call it, but it drives my wife crazy because I can go into a restaurant and by the time we're done eating, I got everybody figured out. And <laughs> she goes, you're so nosy, you know, you're, you're, and I said, well, that's the number one trait of a good scout. You got to be nosy. Exactly. exactly. Yeah. You got to get, got to get the information and you got to know, you know, who's the alpha male, who's really running the restaurant, you know, and, uh, who's a regular, who's not a regular. And, um, you know, is, is the bartender any good? Um, how many years has he got on, you know, I'm, I ask all the questions and it drives her crazy. That's good. Uh, but she's still with you. So, you know, she's still she must with be me. doing knows, something right. Yeah, yeah. Well, we got, we got four kids and, and six grandkids. So we're having a lot of fun. That's good. Good. Well, so obviously you've seen the scouting in the NFL change into what it is now where there are, you know, at any college, there's probably three or four young, you know, college kids that are just dying to get into the NFL you you know you've got armchair scouts for those that have never been in an NFL building don't really understand understand it what do you think the biggest misconception about scouting in the NFL is well uh it you know I always um, god what a fun fun job and uh you know don't get me wrong I loved it but it's not always fun it's a grind deadlines are brutal uh, emotions get high. Uh, you know, there's disagreements. You got to know how to handle yourself. Uh, you got to build a team. There's a team concept on, uh, uh, with the scouts, you know, and you need a sprinkle of veteran guys and young guys, but for the guys that are a little, uh, you know, what I did notice was, was there was a lot of guys that didn't really have much football experience period. And they were getting into the scouting business. And a lot of times I would, would have to train them. And some of them wouldn't have a, a college background as whether they played or at least coached or was on a staff where they kind of knew the routine of a, you know, a college program, whether it was a major college, small college. So they didn't have a rhythm, you know. And then uh, it's just how you treat football people, you know. It's just you, you got to be a little different in the in the respect where if you think you're a pro scout and if you think that's really important because it's really not to the colleges they're they're doing us the favor by letting us being in their building we're their guest and uh, a lot of times the young guys that hadn't been around didn't quite get that and it takes them a little while to uh, build relationships um, as you know, Roderick, you know, relationships are everything and yeah, you've got to guard, you've got to guard your relationships. 
uh, and you know, that's what I enjoyed the most. You got to, you know, there's a lot of guys that you, you, it takes a long time to build that relationship and that trust. And, uh, you know, there's a lot of media out there, social media out there, and it's a dangerous world now, uh, for a lot of the coaches and the kids that play the college game and on up into the NFL, you know, so that that's changed a lot. The social media just, uh, you know, it just builds a lot of fires. And so the younger guys that were getting in, I, I, you know, there for a while, I kind of resented it. And then I said, you know what, this is not working. Uh, I've got to, you know, start working with these guys, which I enjoyed. And, you know, and some guys listen, some don't. Um, it, it's, it's, it's easy to be young and think you have all the answers. And then you go through some tough times, um, you know, and it's you, you stop talking about the ones you got right. You, you've been there long enough where you got to start talking about the guys you got wrong. So you don't make those mistakes. And it's hard to get a young guy to admit that uh, the work ethics there, you know, the, the, the analytics thing is huge now. Um, you know, it, it took over baseball. It's taken over football. You know, I fought that for a little bit being a former player. You know, I was more on the personality of players, uh, you know, who fits in the locker room, who doesn't, who fits in the huddle, who fits in the organization you know, and stats weren't really my thing. Uh, and, you know, I had to adjust to that. So I had to do a lot of adjustment and uh, the young guys were, were making their adjustment. And, and I really loved it towards the end. I, I, I love mentoring young scouts. Uh, it was, uh, I took a lot of pride in that. And I thought we did a really good job in Atlanta. You know, I've never been in an organization where, um, well, first of all, we had continuity while, while I was there. Yeah. And, uh, you know, the head coach and the GM got along. Yeah. They were, they were close. And so they both concentrated on making sure the coaches and the scouts, you know, would always relate to each other and build those relationships that we had. And that was a lot of fun because it's not like that in every building. You know, when I first got in the NFL, it was coaches against scouts, believe it or not. We didn't work well together. They wanted who they wanted. Now, most of the college coach or the most of these pro coaches have been college coaches. So they were kind of used to doing their own scouting and they were used to doing their own recruiting. And, uh, you know, it's it, you know, it was hard to mesh that. So the leaders had to mesh that. And I think uh, our GM and our head coach did a good job of that. And that was that was fun. Because yeah. uh, when it's not like that, it's, it can be very competitive. And nothing ever good happens out of a competitive building where, you know, you've got uh, two and three different uh, phases of people that are ha have input. And I've been on those staffs where by the end of the college, uh, you know, draft, we had three boards, you know, yeah. one was the scouts board, one was the, the coaches board. And then we had management people that chimed in and had had uh, had their own board. So that that. You know, you go through stuff like that, and then you get with a club like the Falcons where, uh, you know, Dimitrov wasn't going to have that type of uh, organization, and, and I uh, really respected that. So you got good training there, uh, you know, with the guys that you uh, related to there, yeah. guys like Dimitrov, Absolutely. you know, who had been, who'd been with New England. See, I worked with Thomas in Detroit when he was a young scout like yourself, and that's how we knew each other, and we spent a lot of time together because – uh, neither one of us drank and we were both vegetarians. So talk about being a vegetarian <laughs> in the, you know, mid nineties and I had stopped drinking. So, you know, it, it, the profession when I first got in was a heavy drinking business, you know, the, 
And uh, it's just the way it was, you know, and there were a lot of meetings in the bar. Yeah. <laughs> so if you don't drink, you miss a lot of meetings. And so Thomas and I missed a lot of meetings together. So we got to know each other. Uh, That's good. That's, I mean, that was uh, a, a bit, was he the main reason, biggest part you ended up down in Atlanta? Yeah. Yeah. He called me. I was out of work for two years and he'd been with New England and learned that system. Uh, and they, uh, he hired me as a offensive line uh, scout. They actually did that in New England for a long time. And that's how I initially got on the, the Falcons. Um, so, and that was great. I did that for my first two years. And then the, we've kind of phased out of that. Uh, when Scott Pioli came in, we didn't, we didn't, he decided not to do it anymore. Okay. Scott was uh, underneath Thomas, yep. which was fine. You know, I was, I was anxious to get back doing all the other positions yeah. um, and uh, still on a college campus and, and making all the visits. That was a ton of fun. And like we had success. So, you know, when you're a college scout and your team wins on Sunday and you, you've got a week of schools to do, that really helps, absolutely. as you know. It does, yeah, absolutely. People always uh, always want to talk to the winners. That is yep. uh, that always yep. helps. Yep. We hit on it a little bit there with uh, you know camaraderie, you know competitiveness between your scouts, your coaches. What were some of the things that you saw organizations did the right way or maybe the wrong way when it came to scouting, evaluating, drafting, just kind of building the team? Well, usually, what you know. Uh, the system is, you know, the scouts put the board together. The coaches finish the season. They look at the video. They find out the guys they write reports, the guys they like. You know, you guys, you know, the scouts have our guys that we like. We've pretty much done all of our arguments. Uh, we're getting ready to go to all-star games to get second looks, to get to, to be able to talk to the players. Uh, which is a huge part of it, you know, and test them for psychological reasons. Uh, you get to know a kid. Um, you start building relationship with their agent, you know, at the all-star games. And then the combine comes along. And by then, you know, you're hanging out with the coaches there at the combine. And, and you've got a pretty good lead on what we need. Uh, you know, and I was always involved with the offensive line. I had a good relationship with our offensive line coaches. Um However, there's some that, you know, you get the old school coach who doesn't really, uh, you know, that doesn't really want to have the opinion. Um, they feel there's a lot of the old school coaches felt like, hey, you, you bring me the talent and I'll coach it. You know, uh, I don't want to know about his character. I don't really want to know, you know, if he's going to be hard to handle. I, I can handle it. Yeah. But as it progressed, you know, uh, with the social media stuff and guys are starting to get in a lot of trouble and then the money got bigger and bigger and bigger you know, you make a mistake and those are big mistakes now. Yeah. Real, real big mistakes. And, uh, it's hard when, uh, what happens a lot is changeover in coaches, you know, coaches have about a two year, uh, shelf life, you know, I mean, you know, when after two years, you know, the owner's going to be looking around. So, you know, scoutings have a little more time together. Uh, they don't usually fire scouts as fast. That was another benefit of being a scout. Yep. However, so but you're always working with a new crew, you know, if you're not having success. And majority of the clubs I was with early, we did not have success. So we, we had a lot of change in management, you know, and uh, a, a lot of change in coaches. And you don't have that continuity. And once you don't have that continuity and you're losing, you know, you, you've always got to have, well, who's – 
you know, somebody's going to be pointing, the ownership wants to point, like, what do you think it is? is it, you know, is it the players that the scouts are bringing in or is it the coaches, coaching style, whatever it is? And it can get a little hairy um, in that regard. That's why it's a people business. You got to really work on your relationships. You never want to burn a, burn a bridge. I know that, you know, because you never know who you're, uh, uh, you know, no one in Detroit, in the mid nineties uh, ever thought Thomas Dimitrov would be a GM in the national football. League. Uh, you know, he was kind of the grunt of the, the group. He was kind of the guy that was the gopher. He was basically, you know, abused, you know, and no one ever said, yeah, you know, and, and Thomas was different. He had long hair and he, you know, drove around in his van. He did his school bits with that. We would get complaints, you know, when he was on the road, Hey, who's this guy with the long hair coming in, you know, this young guy. And, that was just his style, you know, and so he got yelled at a lot by the boss, you know, and I would I would consult him and say, hey, um, you know, he goes, well, you know, I can't believe people, it, you know, uh, he would get really upset, you know, when people bothered him about his hair. I go, you know, if you get mad, you should probably just cut your hair because I'm from California and we <laughs> wore our, ha our hair long when I was a kid just to piss people off. You're achieving what you want, but you're you're upset with it. So just cut your hair. It's a real simple deal. <laughs> I was able to talk to him like that, and uh, but you know, and all of a sudden, you know, twenty years later, he's a he's a general manager, and so it can happen, you know. And he, what happened to him is he was with a couple of different organizations, and then he got with New England, had the success, and he was able to learn that system. And he'd been around other teams and his dad was a lifelong coach. So he had great people skills. He had all the experience and, uh, you know, he was a good, young, aggressive guy, really sharp um, and uh, got a shot. He was there 13 years, which is a long time to be a GM in the National Football League. As that you, know. is, you, you do a lot of things right to stay anywhere for 13 yep. years, whether yep. no matter what position it is, but that one, uh, when you're sitting in the big chair, uh, everything is magnified. So, yep. Yep. Um, yeah, back to your, to try to answer your question. It's, it's, it's a real fine line. You know, uh, young guys are a little naive. Um, you know, when they want to push one of their guys, like it's pretty well over with, you know, once they're on the board, depending on where you had them, what you thought about them and where he ends up in the board, sometimes not always the same spot. And you got to let it go. <clears throat> you know what I mean? That's hard sometimes for young guys. Um, we all work hard to get, you know, the information we get. And it's, uh, you know, the good leaders are able to have everybody say, okay, here's the board. You know, this is what we're, uh, we're going to go with. And let's go have a good draft, you know, and uh, not jump around a lot. Uh, know what you're doing. And, uh, and uh, you know, that's why it's good to have a variety of, young and old yeah you know what i'm saying it's uh it's a good temperament in that regards that's good so how many drafts have you been a part of 25 25 drafts is there a particular player you think about all the drafts that always comes to mind you talk nfl draft somebody that always comes to the front of your mind well you know it's funny um i took we, we took a lot of pride there uh you know, starting off with that starter crew at Jacksonville, because we were all guys that had been college uh, recruiting coordinators. Right. Uh, and I had playing experience. Uh, 
and uh, that was fun. And 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 uh, Tom Coughlin took a lot of pride in that. And, you know, he was the GM and the uh, and the coach. Um, and uh, you know, your first organizational draft pick, you know, is a big deal. Yeah. Down in Florida, in the South, you know, you're 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 in Florida where football's king. And so it was really important that all these guys with no experience, you know, got it right. And, uh, you know, because you, you didn't want to bust on your first pick overall in the organization. And I think Tony Baselli was a was a great pick. I believe he ended up playing like uh, maybe only eight years. He got hurt. But he had there a run of five years where he was a pro bowler. And, uh, you know, he was uh, – He's in the Hall of Fame of, you know, the best player ever there in, in Jacksonville. And he did a good job of leadership, you know, and that was we hung our hat on that because, uh, you know, we were all pretty excited being scouts. Uh, we were getting a gentleman by the name of Rick Reaper trained us. And that's when, you know, he would spend a lot of time with the young scouts, two weeks on the road with us, teach us all the in and outs. I don't see a lot of that anymore. I don't think the, the young scouts get enough training on the road by guys helping them from the organization. You know, uh, Rick spent two weeks with me on the road. Man, we, you know, we would he would show us, you know, and then how to measure a guy, how to time a guy, what's all the proper, you know, the workouts, you know, after the combine. That's a big, that's a big deal. Um and just how to, you know, the whole training, you had a manual, the whole nine yards. And then as I bounced around, I realized there was a lot of young guys never had that manual, never had that, you know, you had to show them a lot of times. And they'll, they'll, they eventually learn it. You know, all the scouts are pretty much once we get on the road and we're doing the workouts, we're all trying to help each other anyway. Yeah. Um, and, uh, but I would have to say Tony Baselli, uh, you know, the first pick ever. Um, you know, and then they all kind of blend in after that, you, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Um, you know, you, you make good ones, you make bad ones, you know, you learn from your mistakes. Um, and, uh, you know, every once in a while you get to push up, you know, you push for maybe a college free agent that you feel good about, um, or you get a guy drafted late, um, that you felt like you, uh, you know, were instigated that, but it's not, it's the young scouts always thought you know like my guy well it's not it's never really your guy because he's really been scouted by a lot of different guys in the organization at the end of the day there's at least four or five grades on them yep. by scouts another two by a, a coordinator and, and a position coach so you got a lot of information on anybody that makes that college board um and uh it, it's you know it's there's no room for error there's no sleepers yeah that maybe back in the early days there was but not uh not nowadays yeah i've, I've heard uh, i've heard it said several times that college scouts and you know any scout for that matter they can have their guys all the way up until they sign that contract but once they sign that contract they're now the the team's guy they're yeah. the organization's guy and it is yeah it's no longer you know they you could have done. You could have been the first one to visit them, but again, like you said, there's been four or five people that have visited them. You know, yeah. four or five people that help make the decision. So that's the that's the team's player now, not just your guy. So um, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, you know, and that's that's kind of uh, that that that's a hard lesson because I think there's an illusion where it's fun and I'm going to go get a bunch of good guys and we're going to go. You know, I'm going to get them drafted and then we're going to win. Well, that's not the way it works. Yep. 
yeah, it doesn't work that way. No, that's good. Um, that's good, Tony. And I, I still remember Tony again. I was, I was six, seven years old when the Jaguars <laughs> were coming around, and uh, I remember the Jaguars. Remember the Panthers. I remember Mark Brunel, and I remember Tony Baselli. I mean, it just, yeah. And he, you know, he seemed the picture. They, it must have been good marketing even back then because he seemed larger than life. Arms that went on forever. Yeah, you know, uh, he was a, a big, big guy. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, so. he played at USC, you know, and he um, he was from Colorado. Uh, you know, it's funny. It's it's kind of hard. You know, our coaching staff came from Boston College. Tom Coughlin had been at Boston College. He'd been with the Giants. He'd been with the Packers. And then he'd been a head coach at Boston College prior to getting the job in Jacksonville. You know, and, and, and you know, there's always this pride in East Coast football, Southwest, South – southeast you know west coast you know and you always hear the labels you know like well he's a guy he's from california oh he's a california guy which means you know he's really not a football kind of guy he's you know it's it's where the skilled players come you know and and they california would always kind of get pushed around as from the other states were saying you know they're not really tough guys mm -hmm. well you know, I mean, if we want to start talking about California, there's a guy that's labeled the goat. That's a quarterback from the Bay Area. Yeah, not bad. Uh, yeah, he's not bad. And then I, I would have to say, you know, if people say, well, who do you think's the, the uh, toughest guy you ever scouted? Uh, you know, pound for pound. And, and I always go back to uh, a receiver out of Utah named Steve Smith, uh, who yep. played a long time. And, you know, I'd seen him personally beat up, you know, six foot three, 320 pound guys. So I saw it with my own eyes. I didn't believe it. The guy was, had the, you know, he's like a Tasmanian devil. And he's from Compton, California. So, so when they say, uh, you know, because I'll hear people say, uh, you know, and these East Coast guys, you know, from Boston saying, I do, we want to draft a guy from, you know, SC. And I go, well, I think you have to scout them, look at them. And they all fell in love with them. You know, and it worked out. I wish he would have played longer, but I think he, uh, you know, he had an injury that didn't go well. Um, you know, and that was right in 90, uh, that first draft in 95, the salaries were really changing uh, from when I played. You know, I, I remember a backup. We signed a backup offensive lineman who made like four times as much as I did as I was leaving the league and that would have been, you know, some, uh, that was like what, seven years ago, you know? So the free agency had come in yeah. and guys were making much more money and, you know, and that, that just kept going up and up. And now the money is, you know, so big, you know, you sign two contracts, you're drafted fairly high. You're pretty much set for life. And I just remember looking at that guy's contract, calling my wife and said, this guy just made, as much as I made in 10 years, you know, in, in one contract. <laughs> Makes you want to get the shoes off, dust them, yeah, you know, dust them yeah. off. Start lifting weights got again. Any snaps left yeah. In you. yeah. Start lifting weights again and maybe get in shape. Yeah, but uh, wasn't, it wasn't going to happen. No, no. Well, that's, uh, that's good stuff. So obviously we've talked a lot about NFL scouts, what NFL guys are doing, but obviously there are a, ton of people out there people love the nfl people love scouting people love yep. watching film for for those that aren't with an nfl team but just love the draft process because there's 
you know, there's how many scouting services out there doing stuff. What is something that you would tell them do you think would just benefit them in general? Again, no trade secrets, nothing like that. Just as you're yeah. doing your job out there as a, as a, as a draft, Nick, what, what would benefit yeah. them? Well, you got to get involved with a football team. Okay. You can't just be, uh, you know, watching, writing reports and watching. You, you've got to get inside of a building, whether that's a small college, you got to volunteer, get hired. You got to participate in the, you know, building a team and you've got to get a work ethic behind you. You've got to be, you know, labeled as a grinder. Usually you got to be young with no kids. You, you know, you got to work for free sometimes. Um, you've got to, you know, you got to show you're, you're willing to do the work. Uh, you're, you're, you're going to, you will stay up late, get up early. Uh, you know, and I, I see these guys all the time, you know, I, they want to change careers and they have no football background and they have no ability to really, you know, you, you've got to be willing to humble yourself and work for very little money and get involved with a team. You know, the bigger the college, the better. And then uh, and then you start once scouts start coming around, you let them know you want to get into, you know, uh, professional scouting and uh, you keep working, working that network. And you, you can send your reports. A lot of times scouts, you know, are uh, like myself. I would try to help young guys. Uh, I still do. I'm still answering the phone like a lot of guys. Um, you know, and, and I, I've got to be, you know, i got to be honest with them uh, because there is such an influx now and this popularity of being a scout, you know, due to the fantasy football leagues and in all these different um, – you know, classes you can take and uh, all the different uh, organizations you can join. You've got to get that experience, though, um, at a ground level where you're evaluating whether it's a high school kid, a junior college kid, a college kid. You know, you've got to be able to 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 uh, project a high school football player into college football. You just got to get good at that. And you you uh, people think it's easy. It's not. And uh, it takes experience. And it's a, as you know, David, you did that um, and you uh, you did your time. And uh, it's a lot of work. Now, it's a lot of fun, too, because you're on a team yep. and you, you build those relationships um, like we all do. And it's a competitive game. You know, you, you know, somebody wins, somebody loses. Hopefully you win more than you lose. Yeah. You hang your hat on that. You know, that's that's the reward for hard work, uh, you know. And, you know, at the college level, the co you know, I always appreciated college coaches that, you know, when they would talk about their players, you know, they were interested in the family. They were genuinely interested in, in, the, in the kid's life, in the college kid's life and been with them for four years, helped them become a man, helped the kid, you know, encourage them to graduate. Because football doesn't last forever, you know, and, and that, you know, recruited them, was in the home, you know, and whether the kids, you know, you, you know, every young guy has problems. He's helped them with all the problems. And now the guy has a shot to be a pro football player. I just think that's a beautiful thing, um, you know, when you're helping young guys. Yeah. Much more uh, not it, not everybody. Not, yeah. Not everybody enjoys it as much as other people. But I, that's the way I was raised with the coaches I came up with. I was a small college guy. got a chance to play in the NFL. 
and uh, really appreciated the guys all the way from high school to the small college that coached me and helped me get into the National Football League. Yeah, that's awesome. That's always uh, always a reminder that it is, uh, you know, the games are one on the field, uh, but there's so much more that goes on, so much more beyond yeah. football, especially yeah. at the college level. Yeah, you know, and I hopefully I, I answered that. I'm not discouraging. I'm just saying you got to beat on doors. Like there's a small college right here, uh, 20 minutes from my house. Uh, it's Madonna University. They just started a program. And, uh, you know, they're, they're three years into it now. First year, COVID didn't help much. Last year, they played, got their 10 games in. And, you know, there's a young guy there, and he's sweating. And he's the guy that opens the door in the morning. He's the guy that shuts the door at night. And he's there a lot of hours, you know. And I said, you got to do all this, if you, you know, and I'll help you. And, uh, you know, you got to find time to evaluate film. You got to find time to write up some reports. You know, uh, it, 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 you've got to get a knack for that. Some guys can do it. Some guys can't. Yep. Yeah. That's good. Well, so, uh, as we finish up here, what, what's something you're looking forward to this either college season, NFL season, what's something you're looking forward to seeing? Well, you know, I, it, it's going to be interesting, um, how, um, uh, you know, this new the portal, the portal situation in college football, I think that's really going to it's a, a big adjustment for our scouts, uh, because now you're you're scouting guys that kind of jump two, three schools, um, especially the skill positions. I think uh, Lane Kiffin made the comment down at Ole Miss, you know, well, what do you think of your team? He goes, I don't know 17 of these guys. I don't know. I don't even know what kind of team I'm going to have. I have seen these guys yet. You know, I, I haven't really been with them because he got 17 new guys come in. Um, and uh, and he's right. I mean, that team chemistry that you build. Uh, and then the NIL thing, I don't know. I'm glad the players started getting the money that the administrators and the coaches were getting. Um, you know, that, 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 that was a little outrageous. Uh, uh, but the money had to go somewhere, you know, and I think uh, during the, the pandemic, it got a little exposed. They started finding out what everybody make, I guess, they had to open the books. And then that's how they really pushed for the players to get that NIL money. And uh, I don't know if that's good or bad yet. Yeah. You know, we'll, we'll see. We'll see. Uh, when you're 16 years old and you're offered, <clears throat> you know, to go to one school for 11 and the other one for nine, five. And, and you know, you you. Um, you might be an inner city kid. That's tough, you know, to, to, to handle that kind of money and project that kind of money. And you're 16 years old, you know, and you still have another year of high school football. Uh, I just think it robs you of your innocence. And, and um, there's not for me that the, the purest form of football is high school football. Um, you know, I look back on my high school career. That was where the tone was set. I had a really good we had a coach from Texas come in and just change, uh, change our whole program. We were playing with the big boys and we were a farm school. So that was a lot of fun. Um, and I had guys, you know, when I got to college, they said, I don't know who your high school coach is, but he sure knew what he was doing because not that many guys got that kind of training. So the high, the high school game, you know, it, it is uh, being changed now too with that NIL yeah. and uh, the portal thing. I'm, I'm just kind of excited to see the college game. You know, the NFL is going to be the NFL. You know, it's going to, it's a quarterback-driven league, and that's basically, you know, what everybody wants to talk about. I'm kind of from the old school, the smash mouth, uh, you know, 
crash linebackers. And, uh, you know, we never mentioned the word length um, when I played. And uh, just a different game, a different style of game. Uh, Not knocking it. You know, a lot of the rules have changed for the better. Um, Gosh, I got a lot of buddies that I played with, uh, unfortunately, you know, that I've lost a lot of friends. They die early, you know, from our generation of guys, we were really hard on our bodies and um, a lot of them have been passing away. And, you know, you, uh, those are cherished friendships, you know, and I remember being uh, my rookie year and I remember they saying, you know, in a, in a, a union meeting, cause we were trying to get a union going so we could get free agency, you know, that uh, the life expectancy of an NFL player, you know, and I thought, oh, that's BS. And now it's happening. And it's like, uh, you know, my wife doesn't let me get too down about that. Uh, she scolds me and says, you got to, you know, quit thinking about that. Yeah. You know, it's, uh, it's, a, it's a great game, but it's, you know, I, I told my grandson, well, he's only five. And I said, look, <clears throat> if you're going to play, you're going to be a quarterback because they, they got all the rules to keep you safe, kid. You're not going to play what Papa plays because he's all busted up right now. <laughs> it <laughs> takes him till noon to get enough coffee in him to say, okay, honey, put me to work. Yeah. And it's not very long, you know. Um, so, but I wouldn't trade it for anything. And, yep. uh, you know, back back to, your, you know, your original question. I do love I do love the college game. I'm, I'm a big fan of uh, Jim Harbaugh. I think he's a colorful character. I like characters. So he's definitely a character. He is a character, uh, and they'll yep. have, uh, you know, they, they – was it Rich Eisen has already been poking the bear at Ohio State at the uh, Hall of Fame comments, and um, now that Michigan won again, that rivalry's back on. So Sure it is. Um, oh, yeah. And that's oh, yeah. good for college football. It's that's good for college football. Rivalries in college football is always fun. The landscape's changing. Like you said, NIL, transfer portal, we're talking conference realignment. Um, college is changing. That's uh, it's, cha- there's, it's there's changing, no you know, it. and we don't know if it's for the better or for the worse. I hope it's for the better, you know, for the college kid to have a fun career. Not everybody's going to be a pro football player. One of the greatest lines ever. When I first started scouting, we were down at a small school somewhere in the Southwest. And uh, there was an old scout there with me. And we, we had about 100 kids at this small school and we were going to let them run. Right. And uh, not there wasn't probably one pro football player, but we were doing it as, you know, to to be good guys. You know, when the head coach finally got a player, you know, he would, you know, talk to us straight because we'd helped him out. And this kid come up after he ran, he says, hey, you know, he called the scout, the old scout. Hey, coach, what do I need to work on? And he said, your grades, my son, your grades. (laughs) (laughs) You know, and so, and, and there's a lot of truth to that. You yeah. know, uh, you, you got to get your education because you never know where you're bouncing. Yeah, well, that's perfect. I think that's a that's a good one to end on right there. So, uh, Russ, that was awesome. I appreciate yeah. you coming on. Uh, I, I appreciate you. Uh, you know, uh, like it's all about relationships, and uh, you're, you know, I know you're a man of faith. You're a man of family. And you're a man of friends and, uh, you know, you've got, uh, you got a bright future. Uh, you're what I call a football guy and it just, it's a lot of fun to know you and your family. Yeah. That's awesome. Ross. Well, I appreciate it. Hopefully, uh, everybody out there enjoyed it as much as we did. Um, again, don't forget, subscribe, like, and share this podcast. Let me know who you want to hear from next. And as, uh, 
We've got preseason games going, college camps going, always keep scouting.